0: Dear folks, this is one of the gospel readings that the church often looks to in in evangelization and going out to evangelize the people of the world, going out to bring the good news of Jesus to others. We see here in the gospel reading Jesus commissioning 72 disciples to go out to establish the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Something that we pray for every time we pray the Our Father, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then Jesus explains what, how they're to evangelize, how how they're to establish this kingdom. As he sends the he says, "Behold, I am sending you like lambs among wolves. I'm sending you to you a territory that you have to depend upon me." And he continues. He says, "Carry no money bag, no sack, no sandals." Whenever, whenever any one of us travel, what do we do? I make sure you got her. Luggage packed, of clothes, shoes. We make sure that we have our um, wallet, you know, purse. Make sure we got the money for the trip. Credit card, you know, whatever it is. And we travel because we count on those things as we are going on the traveling. Jesus says, when you evangelize, don't carry a money bag. Don't carry acro sandals. Meaning you're going to have to depend on me so much that wherever you go, whichever house you enter into, whatever town you go to, to, to bring my gospel message to, you're going to have to trust in me. You're not going to be able to do it alone. If you depend upon earthly stuff, the gospel message will not be effected in the same way as if you depend upon me, if you put your full trust in me. And then he says, well, whenever you enter a house, say, peace to this household bring peace to the home and then he says and eat and drink what is offered to you and then he goes on and so forth two stories I want to tell you as many of you know I was up in Williston for five years I also served in Trenton as well as in Grenora during my time there these two two events happened there was one particular family, a family. They had uh, a number of children. The dad had taken care of his mom for a number of years. When she passed away, he went into this deep depression, isolated himself very, very much, no longer went out, no longer was taking care of the farm. The, the older sons had to start taking care of the farm as well as the wife and oldest daughter. He, he just stayed in his bedroom day after day, would watch television. That was the extent of it. Deep, deep depression. When I came, when I was serving in the area, at some point, uh, this family, I think they attended Mass maybe once. Uh, They hadn't when I was first there, but they they had come to Mass once. i seen them, and I said hello to them, introduced myself to them. And they started coming more and more, Uh, with the exception of the dad. The dad never came. I didn't even know there was a dad, to tell the truth, because... I would only see the, the wife and children there at Mass. At some point, they, they told me about him and they invited me to come out to their place. Or maybe I remember, I can't remember exactly how, it's, how it's, it was where, maybe I offered. But at some point, I was going to come out on a specific day. It was a Sunday afternoon. The morning of the day I was going to be going out after the morning Mass. The wife pulled me aside and she said, just just to forewarn you, my, my husband struggles with depression. You know, okay, you know, whatever. So I, I'm heading out to the farm late Sunday evening, maybe 5 o'clock, and I, I am coming up and I'm like, I hardly know this family. I've never met the husband. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to do. But Lord, give me the grace that I may that I may bring your presence to this family. I showed up at the house, and whenever I come to someone's place, and I'm sure you guys do the same thing, whenever you come, you always make sure you greet the adults, especially the adults. And then from time to time, you know, you'll say hello to the kids, you know, as they're running in and out. But I came and I said hello to the mom, said hello to the older children, and I wanted to go inside the house to say hello to dad. Immediately the mom, the oldest daughter, said, you can't go inside. I just left it at that. I didn't question. It. I didn't say anything. And then they said that we were going to be having dinner outside. They had a large wooden table outside uh, the house. the The house was very close to the corral, so as soon as they brought the food out and put it on the table, the food was just swarming with flies. I mean, swarming with flies. Just covered. Everything is covered in flies. And we sat down to eat. <laughs> like you what's going on in my in my heart like I I don't at all want to really eat this food right now but I realized that if I said no to eating the food I wouldn't be saying no to eating the food but I would be saying no to the family so we sat down we I, we ate the kids, I knew that there was something going on within the family and just kind of sensing the tension, you know, between um, the wife and the eldest daughter. All had just very stern faces, hardly a smile. But I sat down, I ate with them. They told stories, I told stories. And then, and then as time went on, after we finished the meal, we went out. The, the older boys showed me some of the farm equipment, showed me this plow, that plow, the combine, some of the old pickups that they had fixed up. We had just a fabulous time, a delightful time. Smiles came onto their faces. I was there for about a couple of hours. At some point I said I had to go. I was about to jump into my vehicle, and the wife, I said goodbye to her, and she went into the house. And then her husband comes out. I hadn't even been inside the house. Her husband comes out. And he said, Father, I'd like to visit with you privately. So I said, why don't you jump in my car? So he sat on the passenger side, I sat on the driver's side, and he just opened up and told me about his mom and how he's gone into depression since then. Really just beating himself up. How bad of a husband he's been, how bad of a dad he's been. And I just continued to to bring peace to him. And at some point he said, Father, I'd like to go to confession. So he went to confession there in the car. At the end, I invited him to come back. During my time in Williston, he, I don't think I ever saw him in church. He continued to struggle with the depression. I'd visited them, at the farm you know, a couple more times, but he began to slowly come out of this. At some point I was able to go inside the house, bless the house, and eat inside But when I left Williston, I heard from the family that he would come to to Mass off and on. Peace was brought to the house. I couldn't have done it alone, but with God's grace, it happened. Now, the second story there was a lady by the name of Carol, she grew up in Seattle. Grew up on the street, a homeless girl, homeless woman. Had a number of children from many different men. She hardly took care of them because, of course, she was on the street from time to time. So someone else, other relatives, took care of her kids. At some point, she she moved to North Dakota, got herself her own house. I think it was maybe her fourth or fifth husband at the time she was living with, a Hispanic guy. He would take care of her quite a bit. But then when he passed away during my time up there, she began to just live alone, take care of herself. A lot of health problems. To give you a picture, she weighed about 250 to 300 pounds, or maybe even more. I, would, I heard about her from a, another parishioner, a lady who was very involved in the community, she went out and she would visit her and found out, you know, about this lady. I think it was they she would bring her meals on wheels for a time and then found out that she had been Catholic and then found she was never confirmed, found out that she had never made her first Holy Communion. So told told Father Kolvash about her. At some point then she was confirmed, made her first Holy Communion. So then after Mass I would bring her Holy Communion from time to time. One particular Sunday, I came and I brought her Holy Communion, and I I noticed that the whole kitchen was quite quite messy, and and um, the the other parts of the house. She would just sit there in the kitchen or the dining room, you know, like all day on the chair. At some point, I um, I asked about you know where, where she sleeps because she was complaining about her legs swelling up, you know, from sitting in the chair. I said, well, don't you lay down at night? And she goes, well, the bread is, the, the bed is broken. I said, well, I could fix the bed. Uh, you know, just show me where the bed can maybe fix it. And she goes, don't go back into the other room. That's where the cat lives. You don't want to go in there. She also had a dog. The house always had this smell to it, you know, of animal smell. At some point, she was a very strong-willed woman. At some point, the, the water, the plumbing went out and she wouldn't allow anybody to fix the plumbing. But the guys that she would, they would walk into the house, and they would turn around and walk back out because of the stench. At some point, the heating went out, and kind of the same situation. Very, She was a very controlling woman, but understandable from the childhood she grew up with. She still had electricity. And... When I would visit with her, at some point I, I brought up again about the bed. And I said, well, we could get you a bed. So we, we asked around. We found a hospital, an old hospital bed, one that could sit up. So that it would be more easy for her to get out of the bed in the morning. And I, I can remember this, very, this day very clearly. It was November 1st, All Saints Day we were going to be celebrating an evening mass. So in the afternoon, we brought the the bed to her house. Some of the parishioners were helping me. I came into the house. Uh we were going to set up the bed in an area there in the dining room because she wouldn't allow us to go into the other rooms. So we we cleared us or I should say I cleared a spot. The other parishioners didn't want to come in. So I cleared a spot. And as I'm clearing, I noticed this this wet this wetness on the floor. Knowing that her plumbing had gone out, I'm thinking, well, maybe she spilled some water there. So I asked her, I said, what's, what's the wet spot, Carol? She sighs and she says, that's where the cat is starting to go. At that point, all my guts said, I want to get out. <laughs> I started gagging. I turned around and I walked out of the house. I started to pray, Lord, you've got to help me go in. That's a woman in there who's your child. Help me to love her like you love her. And then the, the thought came to my mind. Imagine you're in the barn at the farm. So I convinced myself that I'm just going into the barn. I went back in. We, we got room for the bed, We put the bed in. And then she was just overjoyed, just abundantly grateful. Peace was brought to her home. Then I went off and I celebrated mass. I hadn't, I wasn't unable to shower because mass immediately followed. So you can imagine my hair, everything it was just, you know, smelt of the house. So I. I'm there celebrating Mass, and it came to the point of the consecration where the bread and the wine turns into Jesus' very body and blood to feed us, to give us the strength to bring peace to the world. You know, at, at, at communion time, you know, the priest says, the peace of the Lord be with you always, and then we offer each other the sign of peace. And as I'm saying those words, take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you, My nostrils got flooded with the smell of this house. The cat, the dog, and all their droppings. And then this intuition came. Jesus saying, this is what I've entered into. I became a human being so that humanity might be lifted up out of this mess. But not just the mess that you saw in that house, but most of all the mess of sin. Most of all that. It was the grace... And I recognized that I could not have gone to either of those houses. I could not have eaten the food, nor brought peace to the family's home, nor brought peace to Carol's Carol's heart. I could not have done that without the grace of God. Because all of us are repugnant at that. We run away. But with the grace that comes from the great sacraments, that comes from the Mass, we're filled with it when we come with faith. And we're able to bring that peace to others homes for those of you who are older you remember back in the day 30 40 years ago neighbors would always be visiting each other you'd stop in at each other's places you'd come on into their homes you'd you know and you, and you wouldn't call them ahead of time you would just stop on in and somehow there would be a meal prepared and you know usually a dessert or a treat a cup of coffee you know whatever now if somebody stops by you know it's, it's our whole culture someone stops by our home you know we think, uh, make sure you call before you stop by, (laughs) make sure you text our whole culture has left this has left the gospel message of going into people's homes and bringing the gospel message we become isolated we become closed in the Lord inspires us to go visit so and so and then we say no, I'm going to watch a movie instead. We close ourselves in. I want to challenge you. Pray for the grace at this Mass that you might be able to go into other people's homes to bring the peace of Christ, to bring God's goodness to others. Only then will our culture be transformed. Only then will this, the town of Kilder be raised up. Let's pray for the grace to be the presence of God, the presence of Jesus to others. Let's pray for that grace at this Mass.